Welcome to Business Prowess with Rafael and Juanita. Our show will bring you the best insights, ideas, and inspiration from successful entrepreneurs and CEOs in the business world. We'll talk to experts and business leaders. Don't miss out on the opportunity to learn from the best and stay ahead of the game. Sifu Rafael is the founder of five unique shows. He's a fitness professional, solutions expert, executive coach, and head instructor at Max Martial Arts and Fitness in New York. Juanita Cap is a public speaker who was in the ministry for 15 years. She has extensive knowledge of various topics such as leadership and communication and has emceed many executive and academic events. Juanita is the founder of two unique shows. Her life motto is never give up. Juanita, happy happy St. Patrick's Day. How are you? I'm so well, thank you. See for happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm not wearing green. I see you you boasting a beautiful green shirt there, but my ring is green, so I'll just jump there in right go. there. <laughs> there you go. Um, you know, today is a day that so many people are celebrating, and I, I just want to put this out there for everybody in the America, especially drive safe. If you're drinking today, don't drive. Uber, Lyft, get a friend to drive you, right? We want you around tomorrow. Please. So, Juanita, what an exceptional show we have lined up for today. We have two, not one, but yeah. two amazing guests. Should we bring them on and share some amazing uh, advice and business and, and just in life, right? Let's do that. I'm so excited. We are going to have a wonderful, edifying conversation, of course, about business today. So we welcome Andrew Frazier and Erin Shelley to the show. Welcome, guys. Hello, gentlemen. Thanks. Great to be here. Yep. Thanks for having us. Oh, yeah. So we are super excited for ideas of business concepts and, 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 and general overall mindset, if you will, right? Because business, good business, has to have the right mindset. Yes. Aaron, you and, and your wife, you're very busy today, right? Yep. Yeah, my wife is, we run an Irish dance company. We've done it for 20 years. Mm. With that Irish dance studio and a company actually so a lot of stuff going on with St. Patrick's Day a lot of stuff this whole week actually everyone wants to have people performing so it's great great opportunity to get marketing out there yeah beautiful beautiful so Aaron I am going to ask you if you don't mind sharing what you're going to talk to us about let me just get you into the zone Ooh, there we oh, go. There you are. Come on down, buddy. Talk to us. All right. The stuff that I want to look at is I have a book called The Family Flywheel, and it's really looking at using a lot of the principles we use in families and business and overlapping the two. I see a lot of people in business who are really successful, but then they'll have family lives. And if they'll have less or more successful families, and then they have issues in business. But if we understand the principles and the overlap, I think we have a lot of of good opportunities to utilize those and become more successful in both. Because I think it's more, if you can be successful in your family, you'll also be successful in your business, right? They both give you energy um, or take it away. So kind of treating us as whole human beings and looking at it across the, uh, across the normal boundaries of business and family, I think can be really helpful for us. Awesome. Awesome. When we are considering uh let me get this here sorry about that when we are considering family and business so many people separate it but you guys mm -hmm. don't and, and i understand the importance of that and a lot of people don't and it's almost like some people are leading two lives aren't they yeah exactly <laughs> I mean, I see this in my wife's Irish dance business. I actually never done any Irish dance, but she has. Mm. And so I take care of all the technical stuff, all the marketing, the music, all of those things. And then she takes care of all the teaching, the choreographies. And she does these, we have these, you know, we, the recitals going to have over a thousand people there mm. watching. So it's this big, like she has all the shows and production stuff. So 
we in our business, it's very complimentary. You're looking for complementary skill sets, right? If you're trying to go start a new business, you want people, someone to do sales and someone to build the product or deliver the product. And so if you're a lot of times in families where and in business, we'll get two people who are the same, you know, two engineers both working, and you're going, where's the synergy here? And so I think we want to look for you want someone in business and in family who's going to compliment you because then you'll actually get these great synergies. Whereas if you do, you know, get the same skill set, what you find is people are just walking all over each other. They start to disrespect and have all these issues. So that's one of the big areas where I think you can just basic specialization and having different domains and appreciating the different domains of each person. Beautiful. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. Andrew, at any time you can chime in. Let's 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 put Aaron on the hot seat, right? <laughs> okay, okay, definitely. Um, so, you know, family business is always always a challenge. I've worked with many family businesses, and um, you know, many times, you know, some businesses only one family member owns it, and um, you know, the others don't and runs it. Sometimes multiple family own, owns it. And you know they try to run it together. Um, which situation do you think works best, and why? Um, from what I've seen, I've because I actually have with the Irish Dance business. We were in business with another family member. The problem get got to be we had started it, and then years later they got involved, and so then it became an equity issue and all sorts of control issues. So yeah, I think it's better if you both have a clear understanding of business. That's really where people often are like, well, I'm doing the same job or I'm doing something similar. I deserve it, right? You're like, no, no, I started this 10 years ago, did all the hard work, did all these things, took all the risk, and now you wanna get involved because it's it's just successful now, right? I'm sure you see that all the time. People, I don't wanna take the risk, but I wanna get the rewards. And so that's where I think if you're starting it together, you see very successful teams that do it together. But if you're starting pulling in family members after the fact, you have problems with nepotism, you have some of those things. So to me, you've got to be very careful about how you bring people in and out of the family business. Um, but that's really the bigger issue that I see with the family is like, it's great if you're together and you're all winning together. Mm -hmm. But if you start to come in and out at different places or, you know, people are like, oh, I had this opportunity, now I'm leaving. Now what do we do? So that's really the complexity I see is getting everyone on the same page at the same time. Excellent. That's so true. Absolutely. Yeah. I just want to chime in here as well with you, Erin. You know, you mentioned so many wonderful and very pivotal and important principles. And I believe Sifu is going to elaborate on that. But you mentioned some key words here that made me think about some principles that we actually used in the ministry when we cast a vision for the church. We always used to say, you know, there can never be a vision within the vision. There's one vision and everybody runs towards that. So it's so uh, it's actually can be a dangerous thing if you have, uh, you know, dual mindsets. Um, that's one of the things. And I also wanted to mention another biblical principle, Sifu, is that, you know, if, if your home life is in order, your business will also run smoothly. If you're an entrepreneur and you're a business owner, if you're the only CEO and your wife and your children, like in your case, Erin, your wife is involved, but sometimes the spouse isn't, well, they don't realize it, but they are. Because there's going to be a lot of sacrifices. There's going to be a lot of late nights and early mornings. And the sooner the family really, uh, you know, just grasps that vision and they are all in, that's when we can build sustainable business models. Because we do life. We do family. We have church. We have other areas. And that all influences our businesses as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I totally agree. I think it's that looking at your whole the whole business model and looking at how do we could get it so that it's sustainable and looking at each party in there, it's super important. And getting that, I think most companies have a vision, right? I mean, I'm sure Andrew will talk about this. Like, where are we going? Like, imagine hiring someone into a business without having a vision of what you're trying to do. Well, I just, we're going somewhere. We're going to try to make money. You know, people would be like, that's not really compelling. And I think it's the same in our families. A lot of families if you actually get the husband and wife together, myself included when I was younger, it's like a startup when I was younger in my marriage, it's just like, how do we make enough money to survive, right? And then you kind of get past that startup phase. You're like, okay, we got this now. Now we're generating some extra money. And then, but it's like, what is your vision and goal? 
And I think a lot of times people, if it's helpful, if people start from the beginning as it, both in business and in family, what are we together trying to build to mm. your point? Like with having this collective vision, because in, in business and in family, as soon as you have children, there's going to be sacrifices in your family, right? There's going to be, how are we going to make this work? And now we have free time. Now we have to have someone with these children, 100%. And same with businesses. I mean, I had a friend who was, he did a startup. And at one point, they didn't pay his mortgage for six months, right? Mm. It was just like, and him and his wife, like you say, Juanita, like his wife, whether she liked it or not, she was in the business. And so that's where you look at, it, you can't, you can pretend like your spouse isn't in your business together, right? But as soon as you're a salesperson or even with, you know, we've been doing podcasts and all of a sudden it's interesting times and it's like, you you have to accommodate each other. So yeah. we can pretend like family and business are separate, but when you get laid off from a job or when your business doesn't go well, all of a sudden your, your whole family's affected. So I think to try to disconnect the two is, is a very poor idea. Instead, if we, we keep them together, we'll, we'll be able to make much better decisions. Yeah, without a doubt. You, you know, one of the things that I'm listening to is the synergy, right? The synergy that we have to have. Imagine you, you went into partnership with someone else and you just said, yeah, just come in. And <laughs> this is what we do. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, what do you mean this is what we do? We, we actually, th there's more to that, right? Because... Yeah. The, and you talked about it has to be there has to be clear guidelines of even where the money goes, the finances, you know, marketing. There is so many different aspects to a business that someone coming in, maybe they come in with money and but they're not doing any of the work. So you got to figure that out. You have to be clear on every aspect of the business, because I'm sure that you once you had a family member come in when you guys already established a business and then you had equity problems, that is where we have to say, almost like you have to draw, draw up a contract, right? Mm -hmm. This is what we, and you know what? It is business. And yes, you're my family, but guess what? Tell me if you've never heard of a family member kind of stabbing another family member for the business, right? I know we've all heard it. We've seen it a million times in movies, but listen, I've experienced it myself, somebody I trusted, right? Yeah. Embezzling money from my business, trust. Oh my goodness, how does that happen? Everything was in place, but you, you, know, you can't stop people from doing what they're gonna do but you have to put the guidelines in, right? Mm -hmm. yes. Well, and yeah, and that's, that's where I think if you, I'm sure, I don't know, I'm sure you guys will talk about this possibly, but the biggest mistake you make in a business is hiring the wrong person, mm -hmm. right? You don't, you, they don't come in with the right expectations. You don't filter them correctly. And then, you know, they, they're involved for months and kind of getting integrated into the business. And then you got to let them go. And you're like, wow, that cost me so much of my time and energy and, political capital, all sorts of things. And that's where I think like, it's the same in a family, like the worst mistake you'll ever make in your family is hiring the wrong spouse, you know, like if you marry the wrong person and they're in the different path, they're going to be continually, Juanita, you talked about this, they're continually pulling you in two separate directions. And so it's like, how do you get that alignment? Because there's so many questions in, in business and, and family. And I've seen actually the last business I was with, we kind of were in this lifestyle business, right? Where it's, Hey, we're making money and we're, we're, we're living pretty well, but then we kind of transitioned into a high growth model. And then all of a sudden the requirements and the demands got so much heavier. And then the founders had issues. They're like, well, I don't know. I don't want it to get this big and I don't know. want to manage all these people. So you have these different demands within the business that stretch it. And I think it's the same, you know, in a family, there's a lot of transitions that you're going through. You, you have children. That's a big transition. Then you have your, you know, this early children where they need lots of attention, then they get into the late stage. Okay. They don't need as much, but that's when they're the smartest and you can actually talk to them intelligently. And then they leave the house and then you have all this freedom. So there's, there's these interesting transitions that a family goes through that we can kind of anticipate a business is a little more difficult because you don't know if sales and uh, is going to go quickly or how things are going to change as much. But in a family, if we just predict those, like, 
I mean, there's people who get divorced as soon as they retire because their spouses, they come home and their spouse is like, oh my gosh, you annoy the crap out of me. So, yeah. I mean, guys will come home and like, okay, we got to get more efficient. Let's do everything. And the, the woman's like, I got everything packed, like go away. So there's, there's just these interesting transitions that I see in business and family that if we are pay attention to them, we can actually mitigate most of those. But if we're unaware and just kind of flying by the seat of our pants, a lot of times we end up in very bad situations. We do, we do. Guys, I want to take a second and, and invite everyone on the show to our event happening in New York. Let me share a little something with you guys. That's just a quick teaser, guys. There's more coming. There's more coming. <laughs> Actually, the next one you'll see is going to be uh, with some audio in it. Because for us, bringing people together, I think that's the best way that we're, we're talking about business and bringing people together, excuse me, together, whether it's family, um, another partner, any, anything like that. So I think it's important for us to understand that there is a lot of dynamics that go into business to create a functional business that's going to impact your world, right? And the world around you. So we'd love to, to get Andrew's ideas and opinions because he helps small businesses really level up and even get funding right that's one of the the, the the biggest things that some people don't understand and one more thing before i bring andrew on is thinking about financing right when you make money in the business you also have to think about investing you don't put the money that you made in your your company for 20 years right aaron under the mattress did you Hopefully no, not. no, you continued. It's you can. This is why <clears throat> I mean, I, my book is called The Family Flywheel because it's all about reinvestment, right? Mm -hmm. That's one of the hard things that I think also family members and business people they don't understand. It's like, yes, the business made a million dollars and then we hired people and then we did all these things with the money. Now the money's gone. It's not like I just, oh, it made a million dollars and I put it in my pocket. So a lot of times, just people who don't understand business have this feeling like, oh, you have all this money because your business is well. And you're like, no, the whole, my whole purpose is to make a, an impact and have this sustainable business that creates money. Then it uses it more effectively, creates more, it creates this great flywheel process and builds and builds like we see the great companies do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'd love to, uh, for you to put your link in the private chat so we can share your link with you. And, and that's a book that I, I need on my shelf. You see my shelf back that's by all authors, right? And I definitely would love that book. But so why don't you go ahead and put your info in the private chat and we'll put it across the screen. And so now we're going to bring my good friend, Andrew. Boom, Andrew, you are on right. my friend. All right, great. Um, you know, one of the key challenges is there's so many things that you need to know as a business owner that's really impossible to know them all. And as a result, most businesses aren't growing and not making as much as the owners would like. And, you know, because of that, having worked with over a thousand business owners one-on-one, -on -one, you know, I work on helping them to grow and you start to see patterns. And, mm -hmm. you know, wrote my book, Running Your Small Business Like a Pro, in response to that, because, you know, there's certain things every business owner needs to know. And um, unfortunately, many of them, you know, some of them, some of them, but not all of them, but what you don't know can hurt you. So, um, you know, really the goal is to learn as much as you can to become a better business owner so you can run your business more successfully, you know, focusing on how to become more focused, how to become more confident running your business. And as a result, you'll be more profitable. And that's what business is all about. Mm -hmm. 
I love that. Absolutely. You mentioned the key point there, the confidence that you gain. Mm -hmm. uh, people pick up on that. Yes. If you're not confident in your product, in yourself, in the business that you run, in your people, in your team, in your staff, in your family, people pick up on that. And for some reason, they can't put their finger on it, but for some reason, they'll cancel things or they'll keep postponing. You have to have that confidence. You have to be in alignment so that you can draw the people. You don't chase, you attract those people when you are confident in what you do and in your skill set. I agree 100% with that. Yeah. yeah. And it's about leadership. Um, you know, being successful in business, you have to lead your organization. And like you said, if you're not confident, your employees know you're not confident. And how are you going to lead them to, you know, do the best job in terms of creating the company that achieves your goals and your vision? So how do you how do you help them feel confident when at the same time you're saying they don't know there's so much they don't know? Right. Confidence, ignorant confidence is, can cause a lot of problems. So when you say confidence, confidence, how with, with knowing so little? Well, I think part of it is about developing the knowledge. So, you know, through coaching and consulting, you know, developing the knowledge. Um, a lot of times, you know, they only know their business. So, you know, they haven't worked in another organization. So they don't, you know, when they're doing things, they don't have the experience doing that. But, you know, having been a supervisor, a manager, an executive at different organizations, you know, being able to let them know, you know, this is sort of best practices. You know, these are some things that you can do to make it go smoother. Um, you need to put these things in place now before you start having these problems in the future. Because many times, um, you know, they're sort of doing the best they can, but, you know, really not, you know, knowing what to expect and maybe not even really understanding what's going on around. Mm. So you're, you, they're really having pro, uh, confidence in having you as their mentor kind of in their back pocket. When things come up, they, <clears throat> they're like, oh, I know someone who has this, has been through this and therefore they can help me through it. Yes. And, and everybody should have a board of directors, you know, other business owners, other people who you know, are going through the same journey or similar journey. Um, you know, it's important to bring in expertise when, when you need it. Um, you know, one of the biggest things is most business owners aren't comfortable on the financial end of their business. So, you know, I spend time educating, but also putting in tools, you know, making sure that, you know, their, their bookkeepers doing their job. Cause a lot of times they don't really know whether they're not really happy with them. Same with their account. Um, but they don't have any way to judge because they don't know. So um, being able to know whether they've got the right people, if not, you know, getting help, getting the right people. And then um, the biggest thing is setting up key performance indicators. Uh, you know, if you understand what's driving your business and you keep your eye on it and you know those things are going right, then you know your business is going right. Um but you can also figure out if things are going in the wrong direction much earlier so you can do things about it. So you end up being able to run your business rather than having your business run you. And that's mm -hmm. really what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I love this conversation that we're having based on business when we are including other people. There's a lot of solopreneurs out there. And they may be successful to a point, mm. to a point. You know, if, if somebody's a coach, if somebody does whatever it is, and, and maybe they, they're a salesman, it's important even then to have other people helping you, guiding you, to have a mentor, to have a coach, so that those people help you, even if you're a solopreneur. I believe that a coach, if you hire a coach, they're part of your business now, right? But we, yes. we, a lot of people think, oh, I'm a solopreneur. I do everything on my own. I don't truly believe that. I believe that if you have a spouse and you, maybe you're a salesman, 
you maybe practice with your spouse how to sell, how to do a, a better presentation, right? So even though maybe your spouse is not working with you, they are part of your business. Your you can practice on your children. Hey, let me try to sell you this item, right? So business is, can you sell a boring thing to a child? If you can, man, you're good at it, right? So if you sell stuff that's boring, try selling it to children, right? And all of a sudden your level of confidence will go up because they will walk away from you. And that is a reflection of what your customers will do. If you can get a child engaged in what you're selling, it's because you're entertaining. And I believe sales have to be entertaining, they have to be informative, and they have to provide the client with what it is they're looking for. But we still need that entertainment value to keep them engaged and say, you know what? I saw this same product from this other salesperson, but I like you better. I'm going to go with you instead, right? So bringing that charisma, I think, is, is something that that helps in business. What do you guys think? Um, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I would say, you know, the second chapter of my book is called what's your, what's your most important job as a business owner. Mm. And surprising many business owners don't really know what that is. And yeah. how are you going to be a good in business if you don't know your most important job? And yeah. so, you know, selling and marketing is key, but, Many people, given it's so important, you should be good at it. So it's great that you mentioned you should practice on kids. You need you don't get good at something if you don't practice. Um, actually, in my coaching sessions, I'll be like, "Sell me," you know, and give them give people feedback because um, that is your most important job. Best salespeople go to sales training, get coaching on it. Um, so given how important that is to your business, um, you need to do, you need to know everything you can about it, and especially mm -hmm. marketing, because the better you market, easier it is to sell. I love that. I absolutely love that. I, I agree with you, Andrew. And uh, also, Erin asked a wonderful question about the confidence. You know, how do you build confidence? You have to give them personal professional development continuously. We learn a system this week, two weeks from now, there's a new system and everybody's going in that direction because it's giving us a better return on investment. That is just the business world. You have to be adaptable. And then, Andrew, of course, you know, practice makes perfect. Uh, so we have to do what uh, Sifu has, you know, sell, sell things to children, uh, boring things to children and practice and get your family involved because when we learn the linguistics of business and, you know, the the... the avenues when we should do a hard sale when we should do a soft sale then we'll have a better feedback from the people that we work with because every situation is different some say you can do the right thing but sometimes you can do it in the wrong way and you mm -hmm. really have to you know nurture that business sense when is it time now to really do that hard sale or should i first do the soft sale and different scenarios different people we have to be able to be fluent in all of those you know, I have something to pick with you, my dear, because you said practice makes perfect. <laughs> if we become perfect, then we have nothing left to do. So I've never met a perfect person. And I think practice makes us better. Practice um, makes us continue better. to practice daily. So mm. we will never be perfect. Uh, I, I think there's only one perfect being in this this universe of ours. And so I, I agree with everything you said, but just that one statement always gets me because I used to say it constantly. You want to be great? You got to practice. You want to be perfect? You got to practice. And now I say, you want to be a champion? You want to practice, right? So that for me has, has a different connotation nowadays because... I, I'm still looking for that perfect person and I want to really, I want to have a great interview with them. <laughs> well, that's why we need personal and professional development, right? Continuously. So. Right. right. And, yeah. and also you, you need that development so that you can practice the right things. You yeah. know, you're not going to get that good if you're practicing the wrong methods. So, sure. um, 
getting access to the knowledge and expertise you need so that you're you're learning how to do the right things and practicing them so you'll get the results that you want yeah yeah without yeah yeah the terminology the term i've heard is practice makes permanent right <clears throat> that's how you get you just run it but it's good or good or for good or bad it's going to become permanent but i had a question for andrew at what point are people coming to you because i'm in my experience, most of these entrepreneurs, I mean, you've dealt with thousands of them, kind of, they don't, they're coming to you when stuff's on fire. They're not coming to you when it's like, oh, I'm growing so well and it's phenomenal. Hey, I just feel like I need a coach. They're only coming to you when it's on fire, I'm assuming. So how do you deal with them and how do you get them kind of fix the immediate problem potentially and then get them on a good track? Well, that, that's a great point. You know, as a business owner, you're so busy. So, you know, you you don't really think of things a lot of times until, or act on them until there's a problem. So, you know, sometimes they call that a, a burning platform. You know, you, you, you need to do something. So you're like, let me get some help. Um, so, you know, one of the biggest things, you know, you start to see patterns. So, you know, a lot of times people come to me because they need financing. Um, so that could be a problem of many things and, you know, a lot of it is basically they may not be running their business right. Um, you know, a lot of times people come because they're not selling and marketing effectively. So they're not getting the traction with mm. their business that they'd like. But also if they're growing, there's a lot of challenges with growth because people can go out of business just as easily by growing too fast as not. And, and I think that's the biggest thing I help people with because you know, you have to anticipate things and understand what happens in growth. And one of the biggest things they underestimate is that when you grow, even though you're selling more and making more profit, your cash is disappearing. So, you know, if you don't plan for inputting cash or getting the financing early on when you hit a growth cycle and throughout the growth cycle, you know, you're going to have terrible cash flow issues and that's going to hurt your growth and maybe put you out of business. So is your first you know, thing kind of getting their, their balance sheet, their income statement, their cash flow statement, helping them understand it and kind of help read it? Is that kind of how you kind of get there? I mean, because that's what I've seen with a lot of companies. They just don't even understand what those are giving them. Yes. Um, well, I always get to that, but, you know, I always start with your most important job. I like to make sure they understand what marketing is understand marketing 101, sales 101, understand how they're generating revenues, uh, because that's the first thing, um, you know, make sure, you know, once they're doing that, you know, once we know about that, you do want to know how much do they know about how their business works. And if you don't understand your financial statements, you don't really understand your, how your business works. So um, definitely um, helping people to understand it. It's scary, but you know, if you can add, subtract, multiply, and divide with a calculator, there's no reason that you can't understand and do your financials as long as you pointed out, you know, what the key things. And and there's only about 10 things you really need to know. Um, so, you know, help make sure, you know, you don't have to do your financials. You just need to look at them and understand what they're telling you. You know, I think that one of the, the things that um, uh, for me is important when I'm, I'm talking to another business owner is who started the fire, right? Was it you or was it, you know, another employee or was it a, a business adventure that you went on, something that you took on? And you're right. A lot of businesses do close because they got too big and now all of a sudden they, have, they don't have the manpower. Right. So manpower, having the right people in place, you guys talked about it, having the right people in place is significantly important daily, not just once in a while. Right. And and having systems and processes, mm -hmm. um, you know, as you grow, it's one thing you know how to do stuff. But like you said, if you bring someone else in, if you don't have systems and processes, how are they going to learn how to do it? How are they going to do it consistently? How are they going to do it efficiently and effectively? So, mm -hmm. um, so definitely, you know, that's a key piece. Yeah, without a doubt. So one thing I want to go back to, if it's okay, 
Um, you talk about financing and, you know, everybody's always concerned about that. Um, but financing is, is a world into itself. So, you know, if you're going to get financing, you really need to have some help and some perspective from people who understand it. Um, you know, I've run into people, you know, work with people every day, you know, they're like, um, you know, I, I'm getting the financing, but, you know, couple rules of thumb, you know, usually you don't want to get financing from someone who's trying to give it to you because <laughs> usually that's the worst financing. So you, you have to, you know, <laughs> you know so try to sell it to you. <laughs> you should run. Um, you know, you, you really have to have your stuff in order. Um, and, you know, there's so many different types of financing types of organizations. So, many people go to the wrong place mm. to try and get the financing they want. Um, you know, so that's key. And many people don't deserve financing because they're not prepared and not ready. Um, but they don't know that because, you know, they're trying to do it themselves and mm. haven't sought expertise. You know, um, even if you know someone at a, at a bank or wherever, just getting some understanding of what you're what you're trying to do because unlike consumer financing where there's protections there's no protections for you as a business owner so whatever you sign you're on the hook for mm -hmm. and there's a lot of terms in those agreements that people sign but don't understand um one of my clients you know he bought a building and, you know, it came on when he was in the process of buying. I was like, you want me to help you with the finance? He said, no, I got it. I got it. He went from 5% interest rate to 10% interest rate within Ooh. nine months. So <laughs> his, his mortgage doubled. And now I'm trying to help him get figure out a new way. But all he had to do was ask. And yeah. that would have been an issue. So. So, Huge. so Andrew, when's the best time for people to come to you? Like when, what would be kind of the signs that you would hope they would see before they are totally on fire and then you're just trying to put out fires? When do they, when do you see that it'd be best and what kind of signs would they look for? I'm going to answer that already? instead of Andrew. I'm going to answer that. I'm going to tell you, ready? And then Andrew can take it from here. Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday. We're all leaning forward and you say, yesterday. <laughs> definitely, definitely yesterday. Um, and the, the interesting part is women are way more better at asking yesterday than men are. Um, Thank you, so. Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, but definitely that, you know, I, I, you know, the Small Business Development Center is across the country. There's different ones across the country funded by the SBA. It's a free resource. They offer great training. Um, they offer free business counseling. Um, you know, I work with the one here in New Jersey and, you know, we teach a business planning course, um, 20 hours. I teach five hours of accounting, five hours of finance for like $90. You know, it's not even $10 an hour. And um, the amount that you can learn in preparation for your business um, will make all the difference in the world and, mm. you know, help you really run your business, help you know um, what you're doing because many people don't even have a written business plan. That's another the huge topic. <laughs> 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 you know, when we think about that, I'm going to I'm going to share this with you guys, because I, I know that, you know, a lot of people who are just getting into business or who are starting a second or third or fourth business because they consider themselves entrepreneurs think they can do it alone. And we need the right teams. So let me share this video with you guys. Heroes Rising Apex is the highly anticipated business event of the year. This gathering of industry leaders, entrepreneurs, authors, and visionaries promises to be a game-changing experience 
that will inspire, educate, and provide amazing networking opportunities. Get ready to immerse yourself in a world of innovation, strategy, and collaboration as we embark on an unforgettable journey of learning, growth, and success. Join us in New York on July 14th through the 16th. Bam. There it is. So come to New York and have experts help you understand business better, help you get financing because I, I'm hoping that Andrew will be there and I'm hoping Aaron will be there. He's going to talk about family and business and all these different concepts. Juanita's coming all the way from South Africa. It's going to be an amazing event. We are going to have so many experts in our panels. You'll be able to rub elbows with everybody. One of the things I want to touch upon right now, and you guys have been doing it all along. I want to take about two minutes and talk about a team. A team that will help you in your business. But if they are not a true team, they just work for you. And this is what I tell my employees. I don't want you to work for me. If this is a job, do me a favor, go find another one. We have to be come family so you know Aaron you're talking about family I'm talking about people who I just met who I interviewed and let them know you're walking into something different this may be you may think this is a job for you but this is not a job for you I want to give you authority I want to give you clarity as to what your role is in this business you may be coming in in this position but that position has growth. We have to have a mindset. I don't want you in that position for long. I want you to teach that position to as many people as you can. So now I'm creating a leader from day one. For me, it's also, I want them to be comfortable when they're at work. You know, there's coffee, there's snacks, there's wherever they want. And they're like, hey, can I do? Yeah, sure, go for it. But we need that open communication for me to have a team that is on board with my vision. They have to buy into the vision because if they only come in and they see me, oh yeah, man, he's making money. I'm just making a wage. They're just going to work for the paycheck. But when they see a growth opportunity, they see that they can make a difference. Their passion will grow when they talk to my customers. And I also let them know, by the way, my customer is your customer. So make sure you treat them with respect and the way you want to be treated. You know, and that's why my, my customers, you know, one of the things you, you want to consider is you want to have raving customers. It doesn't start with the customer. It starts with the people who are helping you develop your dreams and your goals. And that's your employees. I don't call them employees. They're my family. So I take family a little bit different than just like my spouse or my children or my cousin or my uncle or whoever. You come work for me. You don't work for me anymore. You work with me. We work together. We are a true team. So thank you guys for letting me share that. And I think that that, is huge for any business. Yeah, I love that. And it it really uh, converges with what I was going to also discuss. Thank you so much for mentioning that. Because, you know, just simplicity is always the best way. Going back to the basics and staying you know to our morals and our values and really letting that cipher out to our businesses as well because the the four pillars of building a sustainable business model what are they i mean we spoke Mm. about businesses that go so big and sometimes they grow so fast and they they unfortunately crash and burn because they don't know the art of uh, delegation they don't know the principles that they needed to learn and that's where we talked about personal and professional development but just to in in a minute or two just to recap the four uh, pillars of building a sustainable business what are they we are working with people 
if you don't have people, you don't have a business. If you don't have customers or clients, what what are you gonna who are you gonna provide a business to? And that's why I love I went to Sifu's dojo in January. I trained with him in the studio because I'm also a martial artist, and I have to say that is a family setting. It is the vibe that you get when you go in there. People are so important, not only the students, but the employees. And Sifu, you make the people feel comfortable and, you know, important in your setting. That is a wonderful principle. That's a pillar. Because what would we do without people? Also, our environment. Is the environment sustainable? Is the environment a psychological safe space for employees to come to us with problems and say, I know if I'm having a bad situation at home or something's happening with their health, I can call Juanita, I can schedule a meeting, she will be inviting, she'll be accommodating, she'll be accepting and loving, she'll understand me because there is a psychological safe space. Otherwise, they are working under conditions of anxiety and stress and fear and worry, and it's inevitably going to affect their output and everything that they do. And then also the economic resources. And Sifu, you mentioned that. What are we paying our employees? We should always pay them what they are worth. Because if they are feel if they feel like they are being valued and they are family, like Sifu said, they will go the extra mile. And then finally, the culture. Because culture is not just about dressing a certain way, living in South Africa, eating a certain diet, dressing a certain way, looking or talking. It's about a place and a people. And the mm. culture is people. Different businesses have different cultures. And I have to say, Sifu, when I was at the dojo, which is only one of your businesses, the culture there is family. The culture there is empowerment. And I think if we go back to those basics, we are going to just do fine. Then we don't have to worry when we scale and when we grow because the foundation is strong. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You, you know, one of the things that I, I've realized that if there is someone who works for me and they're really valuable, somebody's going to steal them. So I'm going to pay them more. They, they would be dumb to leave me because nobody's going to pay them what I'm going to pay them. So I overpay them. And, and somebody, one of my employees recently said, yeah, one of my friends, I was talking to my friends, they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe how much you make. And, I, and, and they said, yeah, you know, I love it. And, and I, said, I said, you know, you'll always have a place here because I want this to be your home. And that, to me, speaks volumes because if I value them, yeah, I need to pay. I need to pay them more than they're willing to go somewhere else and try to get a dollar, right? So for me, that's important. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I I think is interesting, I'd be curious to see from Andrew's perspective as well. To me, if you look at the family, I have equity in my family, right? If my, my, if my wife makes money, if I make money, we're both in this together. And so to me, if you say, how do we get to that environment? You know, if you're in a startup environment, usually everyone's in it together because the only way we're going to make money is if the company gets bigger, right? And they have equity in it. And that's where sometimes if you're only paying employees, you know, if it's like all my 90, 100% of my money is coming from salary, then I'm an employee. What, what's my upside if we win? Are we doing profit sharing? Do we have some equity exit? So that's, I think, the issue that I've seen sometimes with being family is, and then there's also a question of, hey, we have revenue downturns, what do we do? You know, in a family, we all tighten our belt together, but often businesses will then lay people off and cut people. So that's mm -hmm. where I think you can kind of end up structurally. Are you treating people like family where we're like, hey, here's a problem as a family, let's try to solve it. If you that, do you do that in the business world? Hey, you know, our, our revenue is down 10% because the economy's doing this. Can we take a 10% wage cut? And so that's where I'd be curious what you've seen, Andrew, on that, because it seems like structure has a big effect on how people end up getting treated and how they perceive their position in the company. Okay, no, great. I mean, I, I would say, you know, like before, you know, running a successful business is all about leadership. And, you know, yeah. see if I, I need to applaud you because most business owners are oblivious to culture or what it is. And, you know, one of your most important jobs as a business owner is to create a culture. And that's really about, you know, how we do things here. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you don't do that, 
then your employees are going to define the culture and it's probably not going to be the one that you want. Um, so, and, <laughs> you know, and plus, you know, people see you, people watch you. So if what you do isn't aligned with what you say, then that really causes problems. So, you know, as a leader, you know, you have to lead yourself first and um, create an environment that, you know, if it was family this week and then, you know, you know um, competitive next week and, you know, then nobody's going to know what's going on. So you have to actively, you know, think about the culture you want, align everything you do to support that um, and understand you know, it has to evolve and, you know, money is important, but money is not the number one thing that's going to get people to stay because people don't leave companies, they leave people. So. That's right. Guys, guess what? We are over by five minutes and I know that we can keep going and going and going. I want to thank you both for being here. I have a meeting. I'm going to a, um, a really important meeting. So, <laughs> because business is business, and when we show up late, it just doesn't help anybody, right? So, thank you, gentlemen, Juanita. It's always an impeccable. Oh, I love you guys. I love you guys, all of you, because you came and you shared your knowledge. Mm-hmm. Thank you, so much. you guys are amazing, Sifu, and I appreciate you. Thank you for all your knowledge and experience and for being here, for taking that time, you know, to edify the audience. And uh, we are def- definitely going to go forward from uh, strings to strings. And we would love to also have you back in the future to recap and just to continue this wonderful conversation. It was amazing. Yeah, we definitely would love to have you guys back for sure. Because, you know, the conversation is just getting started, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Have an amazing rest of your day, everybody. Thank you. Okay. Bye.